This is episode one of the Locked In Sports Podcast. All right, I'm going to start this off with Alabama at Florida this weekend. 31-29, the final score. Alabama comes out on top. Barely, barely made it out on top. Uh, the biggest thing for me this weekend watching this game was 11 penalties from Alabama, totaling 75 yards of penalty yardage. Josh Dobe had two pass interferences. That's unacceptable. Uh, false starts. They had two back-to-back. Um, they need to get that under control. Nick Saban generally doesn't let that happen. I don't believe they're going to come out again and do the same things. Uh, maybe maybe it was the atmosphere. That was their first road game this year, uh, unless you count uh, opening weekend in Atlanta as a road game, but that was, that was supposedly called a uh, neutral zone. But, I mean, it's way closer to Tuscaloosa than I believe Miami, so sort of a home home crowd. Uh, maybe it was maybe it was the swamp that got to him. Maybe it was the pressure. I, who knows what it was? But I don't believe that'll happen again. One thing that can't happen again is the tackling and the defense they put on this weekend. Missed tackle after missed tackle after missed tackle. They 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 had uh, Emory Jones surrounded in the pocket. He would step up and make a pass. They would have a running back swamped in the backfield get out make a couple jukes <clears throat> they had one uh florida was threatening probably about the nine yard line bounced it outside i think he made three guys miss for a touchdown so that defense especially the run defense needs to get it together they allowed 258 rushing yards only 181 uh passing yards they did come up with an interception so that rush defense needs to get better there was a lot of plays um I believe half of the 181 passing yards comes from just blown coverages where a tight end would just sit down in the middle of the field and there wasn't a defender around him. He looked like Florida looked like they had a team of Devontae Smiths out there Saturday. So that that's not going to happen again, but only if they don't let it. Now, speaking of the passing yards, Emory Jones threw 181 yards and one interception, no touchdowns on the game for him. Emory Jones is not the answer. I don't believe he is. He does not look good. He looks like he may end up having a decent college career, but somewhere else other than Florida. Uh, Anthony Richardson is going to be starting by the end of the year. I fully believe that. He's got two rushing touchdowns and two passing touchdowns on the year. He was injured with a uh, quad or a hamstring. I can't remember which, but they were going to kind of run both of them Saturday and, uh, just try to get Alabama moving around and guessing as much as they could, but he couldn't go. They said he would if Emory Jones got injured, but uh, Emory Jones actually did come up hobbling, but he ended up going back and finishing the game. Uh, Will Anderson, number 31 from Alabama. He finished with four tackles and three assists, uh, SEC Defensive Player of the Week. I think that might be the only highlight from Alabama this weekend. Uh, Bryce Jones, Bryce Young did look good. He always does. I think he is going to be the long-term answer for Alabama. Uh, he's a sophomore this year. Um, out of modern day, the highest recruited high school uh, quarterback this year. A lot of people say he's the best high school quarterback since Kyler Murray to come out. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm on that train, but man, Bryce Young looks to have a bright career, bright season ahead. I wish him the best. 
All right, let's run through the top of the AP poll. This week, we've got Alabama, number one, number two, Georgia, number three, Oregon, number four, OU, and number five, Iowa. Uh, the biggest jump, Penn State, moves from number 10 to number six after defeating Auburn. Um, Penn State looks good. I think they may end up getting higher than that eventually because OU does not look good. Sitting at number four, they beat Nebraska 23-16. Uh, week one, they beat Tulane by five points. Um, I don't think Alabama, Georgia, Oregon, Iowa, Penn State, even Notre Dame or Wisconsin would only beat Tulane by five. Um, it's not a good look for them. They will lose eventually. I'm not sure who they'll lose to, but OU is not making the playoffs this year, so we'll have a different different scenery this year than we're used to in college football. We may end up getting two SEC teams in there at least, Alabama and Georgia looks like they're they're headed that way. You know, if things work out, you may get A and M in there. You may get Arkansas in there. Uh, Florida could end up being there, but I don't think they will just because they've already lost to Alabama, and most likely they will play Alabama in the SEC championship. Um, if they split and Florida wins the SEC championship over Alabama, then that's a scenario where you could see both schools making it. Um, but that would have to be after a Georgia loss. I don't think that we would ever get three in there. Um, speaking of three in the college football uh, playoff, I've heard rumors. Now, they're rumors, and it would be for a very, very long time from now, but there's talks about basically making SEC a super conference and not necessarily getting rid of the other power fives, but with Texas and Oklahoma looking to leave the SEC, there's some other teams looking to move around. Uh, or, excuse me, they're looking to leave the um, Big 12 and join the SEC. I think they said maybe by uh, 2025. Um, Texas may end up make, just taking the, the payment. They would, have, they would owe Texas, the, the university, so much money um, for leaving early, uh, you know, breaking their contract with the Big 12. So they would have to pay the Big 12 some money, millions of dollars. But if they want to grow their school, come to the SEC. I do I do think that they're going to get whipped for for a good long time in the SEC. They they, they can't even compete in the Pac-12. Uh, not Pac-12, Big 12. So they will lose. But Texas has, has a history of being, being a good school. You know, every year we hear Texas is back, but – They've never been back, so maybe once you get to the SEC and you start recruiting some of these Georgia, Florida, Texas guys uh, into your school, they could compete eventually in the SEC, but it sounds kind of counterintuitive, but you need to go to the SEC first, lose a lot, and then you'll be good. Um, OU trying to come to the SEC, uh, I don't see it working out because who, who goes to OU? You got quarterbacks that go to OU and speedy wide receivers. Uh, apparently they don't. Apparently they don't recruit uh, DBs. I think they just get those guys off the street or from McDonald's because they can't play defense ever. I don't know how how they get away with that, but it seems like they do. <clears throat> Anyways, so we could be looking at two SEC teams in the playoffs. Um, uh, number twelve, well Notre Dame takes on number eighteen Wisconsin. I think that this is going to determine a lot. I do think Notre Dame's going to win. And I do think the only reason Notre Dame's not in the top 10 right now is because of their history in big games. 
last year, I, I think they kind of, I, I think they kind of treated them unfairly. They beat Clemson once, lost to them once, and once they lost to Clemson, they were like, all right, you're done. Um, I think it's fair to lose to Clemson last year. So, but but because of what they did when they were number two, facing number one Alabama in the uh, was the FBS national championship game, just getting embarrassed, losing in the playoffs. Notre Dame always does seem to find a way to lose. So I I, I think that they're trying to be more cautious this year. But I think once uh, they beat Wisconsin, which I think they will, they could move up into the top ten and eventually when OU loses and Ohio State loses, and Oregon could honestly lose too because Oregon, when's the last time they were top 10 and didn't lose? So so you got them. Um, Georgia, they don't look great to me. They don't look amazing. So if they continue undefeated, I, I wouldn't be surprised. But if they lose one, maybe even two, then we could be talking about a lot of teams moving up and a lot of different teams in the top 10, top four for the playoffs this year. I, I do think it's going to be a lot different look than we're used to. Um, somebody who else is going to fall out of the top 10 here soon, number nine, Clemson. Uh, they fell from number six to number nine after beating unranked Georgia Tech by six points. They only put up 14 points on Georgia Tech. So Clemson's looking to fall here. Um, I think they're going to have to recover. We'll see how well Dabo Sweeney can recover after losing. I can't remember how many starters they lost to the NFL, but obviously they lost um, Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne. So we'll see what Dabo Sweeney is made of these next few years, trying to overcome that loss of Trevor. Um, But I think Clemson will be out of the top 10 by the end of the year. Not sure when they'll lose or if they'll lose, but if they keep beating teams like Georgia Tech by six points, there's a lot of other teams that deserve to be in that number nine spot, even if they have a loss. So we're looking at a completely different playoff this year, I believe. Well, except for Alabama being number one. If they beat Florida like that, I'm not sure who can compete with Alabama this year. Uh, Florida's a lot better than number 11. They should be a lot higher than that, in my opinion. Uh, so I, I think Florida got disrespected here by, by being number 11. I'm not even sure. Maybe we should get rid of the AP poll. Maybe we should. Because honestly, at this point, it's just kind of popularity contest up until the um, playoff committee comes into comes around. I'm not sure which week of football that is. But maybe we should just get rid of the AP poll. I mean, tell me a reason why we should have it other than other than casual fans trying to say, oh, well, Penn State's good. They're number six, right? Other than that, What's the point? Because we all know Notre Dame is better than Clemson right now. We know we know that OU does not belong to be number four, right? So who is this for? Why do we have it? Maybe they should get rid of it. So, um, yeah, this year is going to be really different. I'm loving this season so far. Um, oh, here's something I didn't write down to talk about. UCF's quarterback, he broke his clavicle on the last play of the game versus Louisville. They were trying to run kind of like a hook and lateral play just because they, they didn't have any time left and they, they needed to score. They, uh, he just threw a pick six. They ended up losing 42 to 35. Um, he was, he, the, the ball was lateral back 
and he got it and he pitched it back and the defender just kind of I'm not saying he meant to but he landed on top of him on his side and just kind of threw his shoulder into the ground broke his clavicle Dylan Gabriel number 11 uh, quarterback for UCF they lost Uh, so yeah that was just something I thought of so um, anyways if you guys have not been watching primetime games this year uh, college football and NFL we've been been really blessed with great primetime games Um, except for Green Bay uh, Detroit that was whatever but um, Chiefs Ravens was really good UCF Louisville was very good Notre Dame uh, who they play week one I forget Notre Dame's primetime game was very good Um, and then you got the Raiders Raiders Ravens last Monday I believe it was so and that one came down to the wire uh, so, yeah, if you have not been watching primetime games, skip the 1 o'clock games. Skip the skip the late games if you need to. If you can watch one game on Saturday and Sunday or even Friday, you can watch the Friday night college football game, the night college football game, or Sunday or Monday night football, even Thursday too. But if you need to skip the 12 o'clock games for uh, college and skip the 1 o'clock games for the NFL do that because you're missing out on some good football late. All right, let's go into week three of the NFL season. I only have two games in particular I want to talk about. I'm going to talk about the Raiders-Dolphins and Colts-Titans. All right, so the Raiders take on the Dolphins. This looks like an easy game on paper for the Raiders. Uh, Tua may or may not be out. His MRI came back negative for his rib injury, but his status for week three is questionable. Uh, the Raiders look good. Um, not a lot of people seem to believe in their defense like I do, but I think I think they get pressure on the quarterback very well. I do think the Raiders' defense is good. Uh, Henry Ruggs is starting to get into it, starting to find his groove along with Derek Carr. Uh, Derek Carr is uh, he's a little bit inaccurate to be a top top tier quarterback in this league. I think so. He's a little, just a little late on some balls, just a little late, or just a little bit of the wrong placement, but. Uh, Derek Carr is finding his rhythm along with Henry Ruggs, and that'll be uh, big for them. Uh, Carl Nassib um, can continue to get uh, pressure on the quarterback like he did against Lamar. That'll be huge for this defense. So can the Raiders go 3-0 and and beat the Dolphins? I think they will. Uh, the Dolphins look like they're going to start 1-2 and in that division with the Patriots, so that's going to be tough to overcome. Uh, Jalen Waddell is starting to come into his own, but without Tua, I'm not sure what what's going to happen to them. Um, I, I guess this might be a little bit of an overreaction Monday, some people might call it, but I'm a huge I'm a huge Tua fan. Look, I'm an Alabama fan. I don't have an NFL team because when it comes to the NFL, I'm a players guy. So I, I do like to follow my Alabama guys wherever they go, um, but there's too many all over the league to pick one team to be a fan of. Um, so Tua... With this injury, I, I, his career could be over. I'm not saying he'll be out of the league, but I'm not sure if he'll ever start again. Um, <clears throat> and I think that's part of the, the Dolphins organization's fault. Uh, they should not have done what they did last year when Ryan Fitzpatrick would start some games and then some games Tua, Tua would start. He'd start playing poorly and they'd need to come back to win. And, and they throw Ryan Fitzpatrick in there to finish the game. Now, who does that help? Because it doesn't help your team. You may win the game, but 
to what cost? Because if you make it to the playoffs with Ryan Fitzpatrick, what are you going to do? Why are you playing? Why are you at this point? You're playing to get a higher, a lower draft pick. You're not winning the Super Bowl last year. You're you're just you're just screwing yourself. Trying trying to put Ryan Fitzpatrick in to go win the game. Let the young rookie get the reps. You know, and and if he loses, okay, okay. Now now he can go watch film on himself and say, ah oh, man, I missed that. Oh, we should have went fast here. Ah. Oh, Man, I should have threw it to the boundary here. There's so many things a young quarterback can learn in that two-minute drill, in that four-minute drill. There's, it's, it, it's, it's, I can't describe how important it is for a young quarterback to get in those situations. You think Tom Brady is who he is because his team didn't trust him? I mean, you, you think... You think Matthew Stafford has led all those comeback drives? I think he has the most in the NFL since 2014. On he was on the Lions until this year, and he got it done. You think he's that way because his his front office didn't trust him, or the coaches didn't trust him, and let somebody else play for those precious comeback drives? I've never seen anything like that, and I hate it so much for for Tua and the Dolphins organization. It makes no sense, but with Tua's hip injury. He lost a little bit of a step in college when he got hurt. He lost a little bit of a step, and now he's got this bruised rib, and he may not play, and he wasn't looking very good to start the year. I don't know. I don't. I really don't know if Tua can ever start anywhere else. I, I hate to say it. I love the guy, but look, overreaction Monday, we'll call it that. I'm not wishing this on Tua, but the way the league is run, it. I hate the way it is because look at look at Trevor in uh, Jacksonville or Zach Wilson in uh, in 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 New York, the Jets. Look what happened to Sam Darnold, right? So the Jets draft Sam Darnold very high, start him his rookie year. He's supposed to be the savior of this garbage fire franchise. They don't do anything. I mean, they give him Robbie Anderson, but it's not a good team, right? Now he gets traded to the Panthers, and he's playing well because he has a good team around him. So why would they draft a rookie quarterback? They do this every year. They draft a rookie quarterback and expect him to save the franchise. And when he's not Jesus in football cleats, he's done. He's done. He's somewhere else. That makes no sense to me, and I'm tired of acting like that's the way the league is supposed to be ran. It doesn't make any freaking sense. So... Let's stop drafting quarterbacks like Trevor Lawrence. And speaking of Trevor Lawrence, I know it's late. Gardner, Gardner Minshew was traded a while ago. You draft a rookie quarterback. You have, I understand Gardner was a rookie last year, but he played well. You're telling me right now Trevor Lawrence is better a better NFL quarterback than Gardner Minshew? That's ridiculous. Gardner should have stayed there. Help them for one year. And if you don't want Gardner to stay there forever, you want to get him away from your team for whatever reason, let him play this season. Let's not put rookie quarterbacks in the game unless the starter gets hurt, like Chicago did. Uh, Andy Dalton went down. Justin Fields played, I think, the whole second half. He threw a pick, a bad interception, but he did also throw a touchdown. I think Justin looks really good. Justin might be one of the better uh, rookies this year. You know why? Maybe because he sat behind a veteran for a while. 
Uh, take Mac Jones. Mac Jones looks really well. I understand Cam's not there anymore, but Cam is a maybe a nine-year veteran in the league, an MVP, a Super Bowl. Uh, he went to a Super Bowl. Cam is a great role model for young quarterbacks. I mean, not particularly Cam, but he's a veteran. That's what they need. These are young guys coming into the league, a whole new league. Everything changes, and you expect Trevor Lawrence to lead the Jaguars to the playoffs in a couple of years. You expect Zach Wilson to take to take the Jets somewhere that Sam Darnold couldn't? I'm not saying Zach won't be better than Sam, but Sam had, what, three years to do something, and he couldn't do it. Then he goes to a good team and he does it. That's not magic. That's called running a football team. So come on, let's stop throwing these rookie quarterbacks in here acting like, Anything is going to change because it's not for for the for the longest time for however long football continues that's not going to change so let's stop screwing these quarterbacks out of a career by putting them in putting them in in the game week one that should not happen so sorry for the rant uh, let's move on to the Colts Titans um, Carson Wentz has a sprain in both ankles so he is up in the air for week three. Um, if he doesn't play, the Colts lose, um, but he he could play. Uh, I think <clears throat> I think they need that. Uh, I think they need a win this week in the division against the Titans to, I guess, be solidified. Maybe to get the roll on because they're zero two right now. Colts are zero two. They have a great defense. They have a lot of weapons on offense. I believe in Carson Wentz. I, I I think he he didn't play great, but I think he could get it down. Um, but he's up in the air for week two, so that's big. But it's also big for the Titans if they can get a divisional win and go two and two. Um, they looked they looked better last week, uh, or excuse me, not two and two. Oh, one and one, right? Right. I think they're. Anyways, they need a they need a divisional win this week. Uh, they looked better last week when they stopped trying to force it. Week one, they looked like the 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 game plan looked like, all right, we have AJ Brown and Julio Jones, and if we need them, we've got Derrick Henry. Just trying to force the ball where it doesn't need to go. Derrick Henry had forty four fantasy points this week. Look what happens when you feed Derrick Henry the ball. You get a win. You get a win. So I think if they play that way, if they can run on this Colts offense, that's what they need to do. But number one, they need to try to run on this Colts defense. So if the Colts, if the, uh, if the Titans can try and succeed at running the ball, that'll open, open the lanes for Ryan Tannehill to zip the ball to all-stars. Uh, not all-stars, that's NBA. Uh, what are they called? Pro bowlers. Uh, A.J. Brown and Julio Jones get some touchdowns in there. Uh, Julio should have had his first touchdown as a Titan this week. I'm not sure if you saw that. Look that up on YouTube. Uh, I guess type in Julio Jones gets robbed of his first Titans touchdown. Uh, I, I don't know what the refs are on this year. Um, I understand the, the taunting call. That's not the refs being the refs. That's, that's a new rule. I guess Roger wanted to put into place. I don't understand it. Um, after week two, there was uh, um, 11 taunting uh, penalties 
for this season. Last year, in all the weeks total, there were 11 taunting penalties. So this is getting ridiculous. Um, center for the Cleveland Browns. I apologize, I forget his name. He is the president of the NFLPA, and he is going to bring that to the attention of who, whoever needs to hear it. Um, so maybe we can get that calmed down by the end of the year. A lot of times, it seems like they will try something for an entire year. So maybe we will have to finish the year with this taunting BS. Um, but hopefully, I don't think it'll be around next year because fans hate it and NFL players hate it. Um, I believe it's 2006. They wanted to get rid of celebrations in the end zone and fans pretty much just retaliated and they ended up letting them keep them. Uh, I remember especially when props weren't allowed to be used, the goalposts, the football, they couldn't be used, but that got overturned. So I'm not sure what they're trying to do to the NFL. It's, I mean, you can't make it very much more family-friendly than it already is. You know, there's hardly any cussing ever uh, because, you know, sometimes they get those sideline microphones right next to a player or a, a fan. You might get an F-bomb here or there on TV, but it's it's very family-friendly. Friend, it's NFL football on Sunday. So I'm, I don't understand what the point of this anti-emotion is. Um, look up the Colts running back preseason taunting penalty if you haven't seen it. He carries these guys for about five or six yards for a first down and then gets up off the pile and kind of, I guess, shimmies. Little little shake like, ooh, I'm strong. Taunting. 15-yard penalty. Um, I, I don't understand this. These, these guys have worked their whole lives to get to these these positions. The other positions understand that because they work just as hard too. DBs taunt, wide receivers taunt, taunt, linebackers taunt, running backs taunt. It's okay. That's part of the game. There's a difference between unsportsmanlike conduct and, and a little bit of emotion and excitement because these guys are the best on the planet and they should be able to flex a little bit when they do. All right, this is going to be the last segment. I was going to think of something else to do. Um, this episode doesn't feel very finished to me, but this is my first episode. So if you've made it this far, I appreciate it. Um, I did not want to write something and, and, and force it. Um, only The only things I have down were some fantasy waiver wire things. Uh, Terry McLaurin in uh, Washington. He's not necessarily a waiver wire pickup, but he is only owned in 72% of NFL.com leagues. So if you're in that percentage that he's available, I'm not sure why he's available, but you should go scoop him up. Uh, Tony Pollard, I think he scored 21 points last week. Um, If you have Ezekiel Elliott, you should already have him. I'm not sure why you don't, but if, if you don't have Zeke and he's available or you do have Zeke and he's available, he's a good guy to go pick up. And then Cordero Patterson, um, if you're really hurting uh, for a running back, this is a good guy to go look at. He had two touchdowns last week. He had a decent stat line in week one. Um, I'm not super confident um, in my waiver wire, at least in my league. There's not many really huge guys that you need, need, need to go get. Um, Debo Samuel is a guy who is available in my league for some reason. I'm not really sure. He's the number three uh, wide receiver this year. Um He's uh, <clears throat> he's averaging 20 points. He had a touchdown week one, nothing last week. He had eight, eight, uh, eight targets, six receptions for 93 yards. Um, 
He had no red zone targets week two. He did have one red zone target in week one, and he did catch that. So uh, he had two rushing attempts for eight yards in week two. But uh, this guy's owning 88% of leagues. If you're in that 12% of leagues that don't own Debo Samuel, you might want to go check him out. So that's all I have for this episode. I appreciate you listening. If you have any questions or topics, reach out to me on Locked In Sports Pod on Instagram. DM me, comment, whatever you want to do. If you have any topics or questions, let me know and I'll get to them. Thank you.